Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin. And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. All right, so um, I'm really excited to have you on here. Uh, so why don't I give you an opportunity? Um, what is your elevator speech? Who are you? In just a couple a couple sentences, who are you, Patrick? Okay, uh, I am Patrick Roach. Uh, I'm a poet, especially primarily spoken word poet, uh, based out of like New Jersey, New York. And I primarily use my work to create connections and open up dialogue uh, around a host of topics, uh, mental health, substance abuse, sexuality, to try to break down some of the stigma around those topics and change the understanding of them, both broadly, socially, uh, interpersonally, uh, and personally within. uh, And then I also make a very large conscious effort to balance that with even among some experiences that might be heavy uh, that I like to explore, uh, balancing that with the levity of love, pop culture, uh, character, anything uh, light and, and joyful, and try to yeah be as true as I can to the peaks and valleys of <laughs> my own personal narrative and experience and hope that sharing that and exploring that in ways that I hope are uh, impactful and innovative, hope that sharing them in those ways connects to people and, and creates some, uh, some dialogue, some change, and just some, some sort of definition of art. Nice. I, that's, that is one of the best elevator pitches I've heard in a while. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> but, uh, what most people, I don't know if, uh, if a lot of the Poetry Question audience will know about your one-man show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to just give a, a little bit of an idea of what that is? Because I, I, I just, I honestly just found out about it a while back and started watching through videos to kind of uh-huh. catch up with it. And it seems amazing. What, uh, what was the one-man show? So I had this idea for a while uh, working around in my head of wanting to incorporate my poetry and uh, a lot of other approaches to performance and art, um, theater, comedy, skits and, and improv and uh, impressions. Because one of the things that I really gravitated towards for spoken word was that uh, kind of theatrical component to it, uh, despite not having any sort of theatrical background <laughs> whatsoever myself, um, I just kind of stumbled into it. and especially as I started engaging with the spoken word community and some some writing groups and things like that, uh, conversations that would come up of like, how do we push things forward? What more is there that is available and open uh, for us to explore with this art form? Uh, And I started thinking of, especially given how much of my work is based in my own personal narrative, it lends itself to crafting a more cohesive narrative. And I just kind of got to work breaking up little bits, what are little uh, 
sections or scenes or monologues that I can also write or explore that might inject some other uh, tones, some other stories that maybe don't come up in the poems or how do I connect these poems together? And yeah, I came up with this show that uh, explores my story autobiographically, but, uh, but mainly takes me as the performer and the audience on a kind of journey of exploring uh, the arc of self-acceptance and these things that we maybe have a lot of shame around. Uh, so I share the experiences and the aspects of myself that, uh, that have brought up shame and fear within myself um, and kind of expand on that. And then, uh, yeah, it's sharing the poems that directly uh, address those topics, but then also bring in stories that inform those or maybe uh, <laughs> illustrate those <laughs> or just inject some fun too. Because one of the things that I found that I was really craving in my work and I tried to make a conscious effort in my poetry as well uh, over the, the more recent years to find hope and optimism. Uh, but I also wanted to show some, uh, some other things that I like to explore. So yeah, I might have a poem and then there's a skit where I'm playing a character on like pre-recorded on a video and I'm interacting with that video nice. on stage. And then, uh, so it's, it's exciting. Stories. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's, I had a lot of fun with it. I did it right before, uh, right before lockdown. Yeah, the timing, <laughs> the timing of it was, was perfect. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, yeah. what are your main passions when it comes to the world of poetry? Mm -hmm. uh, broadly speaking, uh, not even just as it applies to myself, uh, I would say anything uh, that seems, you know, uh, to, to be as vague as possible, I guess, accidentally uh, <laughs> would seem like innovative or um, meaningful. And that is based in the, the personal. I'm very drawn to things that... Uh, are rooted in personal experience and using those experiences to make observations more broadly on, on the I, world. Um, and I, I would I would gather from from your work and from obviously the the video aspect of it and the performance aspect of it, um, it outwardly it would seem like you would fall toward uh, maybe your passion of viewing poetry mm -hmm. be more of a viewing experience an all-encompassing mm -hmm. experience is uh am i am i right in thinking that um i i definitely came to the world of poetry from that uh realm or, or initially uh really kind of fell in love with it through that um that was all viewing people reading or performing um was definitely the thing that sparked my love in the first place but i think that i've over the years found that it's really been a balance um, for me, uh, a mixture rather. Uh, and I, especially as I've tried to grow in my own writing, uh, I have really, really gotten more and more uh, in love with reading as much as I can. Um, and yeah, I, I really uh, gravitate toward, I think, 
I, I will read or, or view really anything uh, that could be <laughs> interesting or impactful. Um, but I think that my, uh, my passion that I gravitate toward more than anything else tends to be personal and, uh, and especially something that has a bit of a narrative element to it nice. um, that tells some sort of a story in a way that I, uh, that I maybe wouldn't expect. Very cool. And then uh, I try to do that in my <laughs> well, and that might be why I gravitate to that <laughs> when I read. And who are you outside of the world of literature? What is your passion outside of the world of poetry and literature and theater and everything? Mm -hmm. um, I would say education is actually a big uh, passion. I am not by, uh, I am not in my, you know, day job because primarily my day job is just touring and reading and performing, uh, which is incredible. Um, but I try to incorporate education into that when I do speaking and especially when I uh, am reading to students, high school students, college students, whatever. What, um, but yeah, I had planned to be a high school teacher and went through college doing the whole education program uh, and finished everything except for the student teaching. And then between, you know, poetry kind of cropping up in my life and wondering if it was the best time to be a teacher uh, based on budget cuts that were happening everywhere in the world at that time, especially. Um, and then just like having a mental breakdown, thinking maybe it's not the best time for me to be a teacher if I am uh, spiraling completely. I think, I think I have those, I think I'm what, 19, this is my 19th year. I think I've had 19 of those mental breakdowns. So I, yeah. I understand that completely. My mom somehow made it through 50 years of teaching. Yeah, I Imagine. I know, um, but I still am very, very passionate about education uh, in whatever way that I'm able to engage with that. Uh, and then also, I would say just anything uh, pop culture. I'm, I'm really big into pop culture, uh, just as something that can bring joy. And that does creep into my my writing as well a lot. I do a lot with different characters and pop culture things and movies and music. Uh, and I think part of that is just me wanting to dispel the idea of like what is high or low culture and how, you know, right. uh, and, and trying to, to merge those. And then, yeah, and then beyond that, uh, I would say the world of drag is a, is a very large passion for me. Uh, do, do, I, I was going to say it, it, it's, it's prominent in your work. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I have some experience myself, uh, but haven't really, I feel like, had the time to dive into it fully as a performer. Uh, we can blame COVID. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, it's, it's, we're, we're getting, we're creeping out into the open yeah. worlds again, so. But, um, but yeah, but the, the, the world of drag, the art form of drag, um, especially as I've experienced it in New York City, uh, the community here, it's been, uh, it's incredible to see what a, what how uh incredible how uh progressive how uh important of a community of safety and of a uh and of like-minded folks uh if you form. if if you ever get a chance out here in portland we have darcel yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um, uh, my, and my, uh, my boyfriend actually has seen darcel on a trip it, to portland my wife and i went to uh went to their uh their performance 
um, last year they put together this just brilliant uh, retrospective of their life and it was one of the most beautiful and heartbreaking and just overwhelmingly um, confidence building yeah. uh, productions that I've ever seen. If you could find it somewhere, oh it is gosh. it is amazing. Darcel is definitely uh, legendary. Yes. Um, I, I think I got my uh, my first day of college, my college orientation, my college had Darcel come out to perform and um, I got my very first college kiss from Darcel. So oh. it, was a, it was a very important moment in my life. <laughs> Um, so what is your writing process? Uh, what do you do to sit down? Any superstitions, any weird rituals? Um, I would like to say that I am, uh, very efficient and, uh, <laughs> and have a, a foolproof process, uh, built, but that's not always the case. Uh, I've tried to make a conscious effort of that over the, the years, uh, it definitely can sometimes feel like it's an idea will strike me and it'll just be like going around in my head for a little bit. I'll write something down, but it won't formulate and really uh, um, get its way onto, onto the page for a few days. And then it'll just come out in a, in a whole single long uh, vomit. Uh, but I have tried to, rein that in and uh, control it a little bit over the years, uh, which isn't to say that I don't still sometimes write out of necessity or based on something urgent or immediate that might inspire uh, where I feel like I need to, to process something or write something or, uh, or observe something in writing, um, which is still definitely the case sometimes. But, um, but as I've learned, that I do operate well under some sort of, uh, I don't want to say restrictions. Uh, <laughs> structure. Sort of structure. At least a scaffold of some yes. sorts. Um, so I have also found that I don't actually write most productively at home because I can give in to the distractions that are available much more easily. Uh, so I found that especially pre-COVID, my structure just looked like a bubble tea shop in town. Yes. Uh, either one in my hometown in New Jersey or one in the city. Uh, depending on if I was at home or visiting my boyfriend in the city, I would like spend half my time <laughs> in each place. Um, and yeah, I found you know nice, forgiving shop owners <laughs> who would let me go in there, order my, you know, lunch and my drink and uh, sit down for like four hours <laughs> and just write there um, for whatever reason, finding a, a physical space that felt productive to me was really important. Um, and then, yeah, making kind of a list if I knew that I wanted to write a couple pieces or, or write something or uh, that I had editing to do really breaking that down and kind of making a little bit of a to-do list was important for me. Um, and then just generally, if I knew that I wanted to use some time to be productive, to generate new work, um, either putting some sort of um, guidelines on myself of time, you know, just doing a free write for whatever amount of time, or especially I found that I respond well to prompts, even if it's literally just a single word, um, nice. just 
to give myself something concrete to latch on to. And even if it's just that single word and that single word might not even end up in the piece anyway, it might be whatever just sparks my brain to go down a certain path. Um, I found that I do respond well to structure in that way as well. Uh, and that proved to be very uh, helpful when I would try to like, especially write um, or form a collection or right. a show um, really preventing myself from getting too lost in just the amorphous <laughs> stuff <laughs> and, uh, it's, and blob that I could, uh, find just forming in my head. Right. Nice. Um, you've been, you've been doing this for a little while now, this whole poetry <laughs> thing. Um, what has been that pitfall that you've had to kind of overcome or what was that stumbling block uh, that you've, that you've overcome and, and where are you now because of it? Um, I, I would imagine probably like a lot of poets and then also not to, you know, make myself seem too powerful that I could be the, the pitfall for myself. But, um, but for a while, it definitely was kind of my own, uh, my own, self-doubt my own misgivings about um about what I could or should pursue um especially with my experience being that I had really only stumbled into poetry for a few months before having videos recorded and then getting <laughs> published uh, or uh, posted and exploding into a lot more uh, exposure than I had anticipated yeah. um then that meant that I had a little bit of a a little bit of a head start to to explore and pursue poetry uh more broadly you know I could go and try to read and perform at different places or whatever um but there was a lot of self-doubt of I still don't know how I'm doing this or what to do or you know can I do this have I really um have I really earned that spot um so there was a lot of self-doubt about that that I think um slowed my my kind of uh jump into the into the world of pursuing it um especially pursuing writing and, and reading and performing more full-time um and then just generally, I think a lot of self-doubt around, yeah, not thinking that I should or could pursue certain things like a one-man show or a full collection or just doubting that I had the ability or the capacity to do that. Um, so that was all a, lot, a, big, uh, yeah. a big challenge for me. So slowly working through that um, just on my own, my doing my own uh, work <laughs> mentally and emotionally. Um, and then also in a big way, um, a thing that uh, helped with that, uh, overcoming that was actually really engaging with a community, um, especially like in New York, uh, you know, wherever someone is, whatever their local community is, yeah. um, getting to become close friends with a lot of people in the writing community, in the, in the spoken word community, in my local area, 
um, and having conversations with them about like, no, we can do this stuff. You can do this stuff. Uh, it really people, is possible to actually write something and, right. you know, people will actually hear it one day. Right. And, uh, and yeah, there, there was some kind of like come to Jesus moments where <laughs> back and they feel like, no, we're sitting you down because if you think you would want to do this type of thing, we're going to just hammer it into your head yeah. how you can do that and what you should do or you know uh if I was like oh I don't know if I can do the whole college touring scene or whatever because I don't know if I uh, how do I even do that they're like okay well we'll sit you down and we have some resources for that and to tell you exactly how much you probably should be asking for and yeah. how much you should be doing this um and you know if you are interested in writing something more theatrical let's talk about that. Um, so I, I really have found that a, an incredible resource was a community of other writers. Um, and that was, that was a big, big, uh, part of my growth and, and my, uh, my journey. Very cool. Um, as we start toward wrapping this up, uh, mm -hmm. what are there, uh, what are your, what's, what's, really really exciting for you right now in the world of poetry uh, i know you've got something big coming out in the world of poetry uh we'll get to that in just a moment but what are you really excited about or is there somebody you're really excited about right now uh that, that we should know about and you want to turn us on to or what's uh, what's coming up yeah so um so we've mentioned some like one man show type of things um and that is one of the things that i'm excited about just generally not not even my own uh, yeah. but more broadly speaking, is seeing examples of poetry, whether spoken word or more traditional, whatever uh, page poetry, whatever you want to call it or wherever you want to draw that line, um, is the way that that is being incorporated or is, uh, is branching into some other uh, art forms or showing the range that it has available to it. So yeah, I mean, you can see it in, in really big name things. You, I mean, it was a huge thing, I think, for not just poets, but the world at large, like with, um, with Beyonce's Lemonade to show how poetry can be incorporated in, in these different ways. Um, but one of the uh, folks in the New York scene that I'm uh, very close with uh, is Timothy DeWight. And Tim has a solo show that uh, also kind of is poetic. I don't know if I, if I can say that it uh, uses Tim's poems uh, mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, it, I think the entire thing is very poetic and, and almost yes. in verse. Um, and ha so that show Neptune uh, had a run in New York, just had a run in Provincetown. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, making making its way around, and Tim has written uh, is continues to write and uh, and plan a number of uh, more theatrical things that are I think rooted in many ways in poetry or in a background in poetry, and I think that's the type of thing that really excites me. Um, awesome. And so then, yeah, uh, what what do you have coming up that uh, we might be excited about? So, in. Uh, <laughs> in just a, a short little uh, little stretch of time uh, in October, October 19th, uh, I have my 
first full-length collection, a socially acceptable breakdown coming out through Button Poetry. And I had written a couple chapbooks, um, just a couple, you know, short little collections over the years, but had never really been able to fully <laughs> collect things uh, together in a complete way uh, on this scale. So this book really represents years of my work uh, and my poetry coming together in a way that finally feels uh, important and meaningful to me and, and creates what I think is a, a really full and, uh, and cathartic arc uh, of challenges and, and processing and coping and finally accepting uh, both internally and pushing for acceptance more broadly, externally, socially, uh, and finding optimism and joy and hope and love and fun on the other end of that. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a collection that is very important to me and features a few of the poems that some folks may be familiar with from videos, as well as just a whole host of <laughs> poems that I have written over, over the years. Uh, cool. well, we're really, really excited for that. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Yeah, uh, thank and you for having we, uh, Yeah, we look forward to talking with you in the future and yes. definitely uh, reading and watching uh, you and your, uh, and your journey. Have a good one. Enjoy thank the rest you. of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.